You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets. We break down the Mets and Nationals series from this past weekend. Hope you all enjoy. Um, do you want to talk some of the actual baseball of the series? We probably should, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that stood out throughout this throughout this series to me, I just want, I want to hit on the, on the Nationals side of things here real quickly is the, well, this is also the Mets. The Mets' ability to make the Nats' bad pitchers look good. They made Paulo Espino look pretty decent the other night, uh, and also Sean Nolan pitched well. But the one thing that was I just want to talk about here is Juan Soto, and I've said a lot of things about him. I actually want to get your thoughts about this. How do you build a lineup around him? Because he's so patient. Like today, I, I think I was checking the box score. I was listening to the, listening to the game on the radio because I was doing a lot of stuff, but – at one point, he was one for one with two walks. And it's hard. It's not hard, but he does so many things well that it's almost like, can you hit him three in a lineup? Because the, the first two guys ahead have to be like really, really good and basically make you pitch to one. He said something today, actually, a quote after the game where he said, if they want to play, I want to play. If they don't, they're going to like, walk me or whatever it is. You know, it's something like that. I mean, he's hitting 298 with 440 on base. And that's the thing. I, I don't want him to change how he's hitting. But if you're that patient, if you're going to get on base that much, he's not a guy who's going to do a, a ton of damage because teams are going to try to avoid him as much as possible. Yeah, I think it's a problem this year. You know, I think it wasn't as big of a problem when Turner was ahead of him and Schwarber was behind him. And now you can have a little bit of protection on both sides. They're going to have to have one of their young guys break out or they're going to have to sign some free agents or something to give them that protection. Because right now, why would you pitch to, to Juan Soto? There is no reason to pitch. I would intentionally walk him every single time. There's just no point. He, he's getting to that point where Barry Bonds got walked with the bases loaded, intentionally walked. I would walk Juan Soto with the bases loaded if the situation presented itself where you're trying to protect a three-run lead or whatever it is, because he's the one guy who can hurt you. And Josh Bell can run into a home run, but I'm not scared to pitch to Josh Bell. So that's the problem the Nationals have right now. And for Soto, it's got to be frustrating, but you don't want him to change who he is, like you said. You don't want him to start just swinging at bad pitches because he's the only one that can hit. I mean, he has to just keep doing what he's doing. He's going to lead the league in on-base percentage. He's going to draw two walks a game. And you hope that when they really build around him, there's going to be more in that lineup that can help him out. But for now, I think it kind of just is what it is. I want to give you some crazy numbers. So last month in July, uh, in 90 AVs, he hit 356, with a 487 on base. This month, he is hitting 277, which is uh, you know nearly like 90 points less. He has a 495 on base. This month, he is almost getting on base every other at bat. It almost begs the question, like, should you hit him leadoff? Because he he's a guy that he sprayed I – mean, look at his spray chart. Like, I don't know why teams ever play shift on him at all. 
He is so number number of ground ball singles that he's hit on the on the left side this year. Uh, opposite field home runs. This guy's got. I mean, he is he's just the perfect hitter. Really, I think he is in terms and because he defies so much of what modern hitters do. You know, there's a reason that everybody gets a shift, right? Don't shift on this dude. You're gonna get beat. He's gonna beat you. He's too smart not to. But here's a problem: if he's just playing for hey, I'm gonna try to put something the other way, even if it's ground ball, and it's fine because there's a gap there, like you talked about. Okay, that's fine. Josh Bell's behind you. I'll take my chances with Josh Bell. They have to build out that lineup. But even still, I still think there's an argument to hit him first eventually as they keep building this thing up. With that kind of approach and this high of an on-base percentage, and also, I mean, he can get himself on – you know, he can get a home run. He can get himself on second. No, you know, you, I, if I you can, hit Kyle Schwarber first, why not, why not hit Juan Soto? I, I can tell you one great reason to do it because I defy any pitcher coming out of the bullpen to start a game to – to swallow their pride and intentionally walk the leadoff batter. So he, so they'll pitch to him. I mean, they'll pitch to him. That, that's one at bat a game. They'll that's pitch true. to him. And how many does Juan Soto coming up with runners on right now anyway? So, I mean, at this point, you're, you're really just, just letting start off these games and he could run into a home run. You might you know have a game where you're up one nothing, and then uh, you'll see what happens from there. I, I think that – for this current team, there's no reason not to bat him leadoff because also get him as many at bats as possible. I mean, he's basically just building on his stats for for a silver slugger campaign or, or whatever. There's not really much else to play for, so I would bat him leadoff. But I think looking at at this series, it's if you're looking from a Mets perspective at what we just watch, I don't know how you can take this as a huge victory to win this series other than them coming back on that one game. And, you know, they had some good moments, but they had to sweep the nationals, you know, they're at this point right now because the Braves beat the giants over the weekend. Good team. They took two or three, you know, the Mets didn't gain any ground. You, you basically have this, you still have 12 more against the Marlins and the nationals. You have to find a way to win. 10, 11 of these games, and I just don't know what they're going to do. It they can't have that first game where they only score one run, they lose two to one to the Nat. Who started that game? Was that Paolo Espino? Well, I think that Paolo was- Espino started the first game. Yeah. Come on, I mean, like it's the guy's got what 90, 91. You can't square up a ninety-one oh, mile if, per hour I mean, fastball. If, if that, I mean, Paolo Paolo is normally like 90, 89. Uh, his his craftiness is is what you know is 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 what helps him. But this series turned in the second game. And let's talk about Marcus Stroman. Um, on a in a year where a bunch of guys have basically told the Mets, please don't sign me next year because I'm not good enough. Marcus Stroman is making the case to, to – somebody's going to pay this guy. And, look, I adore pitchers who make their team every fifth day. You can bet your ass your team is going to be in the game. Marcus Stroman every fifth day – is that guy amongst injuries, uh, amongst slumping lineups, Marcus Stroman, whatever you need normally, Marcus Stroman has given it to you. Now, has the team reciprocated to Marcus? No, they have not. That is why his record is, what is it, 9-12 and 12 with a 2.85 ERA. I think, what, how many games did Rick Porcello win that one year when his ERA was like 3.85? He won like, I don't know, a bunch. But the, the team has not backed him up. He is always fun to watch, and actually, it was a pretty decent starting pitching matchup between Marcus Stroman and uh, 
Sean Nolan last night, six hits, two runs across five and a third innings. So pretty good pitching matchup, uh, matchup last night. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Good matchup. It's anybody can... Uh... The question is, are the Mets a lot of guys having great nights against this Mets lineup recently? But yeah, Marcus Stroman, he has been so great this year. Coming into the season, I said he would lead this team in wins. Did not say he would lead the team in losses. It was because of that that I thought that he would keep him in the game. I thought that because he's a ground ball pitcher, guys would really play for him. Everyone's involved. Everyone's playing defense. You don't have those nights where sometimes I think the team can kind of fall asleep behind Jacob deGrom because he's doing everything for you. He's striking out 15, and maybe it kind of creates a sluggish team behind him, whereas Stroman, you feel like everyone should be involved in the game. But you know, right now, when it comes to his long-term future with the Mets, it's going to be a fascinating offseason because he's a guy, unlike a Michael Conforto or Noah Syndergaard or some pending free agents, he's a guy that's going to have a wide market. And he's going to get a lot of different offers. And I'm sure there's going to be some that you know might be pretty compelling to him. And I'm not sure what the Mets are going to commit to Marcus Stroman when they still have Jacob deGrom to consider to give him an extension. They still have Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker tied up for money right now. And if Noah Syndergaard comes back on the qualifying offer, that's a lot of pitchers making a lot of money. So... It's going to be room, but especially can, going into next year, this has been your best pitcher. So it's hard to let that guy walk. Well, he's and the competitive part matters with this Mets team. They need, and I love the way that you see Marcus Stroman encourage guys like Taiwan Walker on Twitter. Like I know we talked about social media and how it's negative. That's important. That is important. He is clearly such a positive impact. And it, it, you, you almost wish that guy could be out there every day, right, in some way, shape, or form. But I, I, I love the way he pitches. In a year where a lot of guys could get booed and the way the team is, you know, maybe quit, you could say, quote, unquote, quit, you could say you get booed. Never him. Never him. Never any time could you say that. And I know that's that's the part about baseball that does frustrate me, some kind of the way we're heading. And I know it sounds kind of old school, but, like, that is – you know this better than anybody else – that is a characteristic of a Marcus Stroman star, and you can't really quantify that. Like, it, it, he goes in the mound, you're like, Mets have a chance to win today. The Mets have a chance to win because he's out there. And that that really matters. That really, really matters. Um, in the same way that, you know, sometimes guys, I guess, with Jacob DeGrom, it's like, well, they might lose, but we know they're going to have a chance to win because you know that the Mets never going to run support, but you know you have a chance to win. That is really important. I feel like he's giving them that all the way. So, I don't know how where you come down on that kind of intangible, right? It's kind of almost the Max Scherzer. Look, even if my A game isn't there, I'm going to just 
pitch my ass off and let the chips fall away may. And you feel like with that kind of effort, you're going to be in the game. That's kind of where I am on Marcus Stroman. I know he's not Max Scherzer type stuff, but as a competitor, he is right up there. Yeah, and he is uh, among most professional athletes you can imagine. With the, the amount of verses that he he invests himself in every single aspect, he talks about his therapists having the mental health coaches. He talks about all of the things he does to get his body right, and that's why he's been so durable. So when it comes to what's the best investment on the starting pitching market this offseason, I think it's hard to find a better option than Marcus Stroman just when it comes to what's a guy going to perform like over a five- or six-year deal. I really think that Stroman is going to age really well. I think that even if the velocity tapers off, he doesn't rely on it, so he's still going to be able to attack hitters as he gets into his 30s. He's going to be able to kind of redefine himself each year and, and find what works. So. I have as as much as I go back to get Marcus Stroman and how the Mets traded prospects to get him, and they didn't want to sign Zach Wheeler, and I can that and say that it wasn't the best move overall for the franchise to have essentially replaced Wheeler with Stroman. That's not Stroman's fault. Stroman has done all you could have asked for in his time as a Met. Well, also, I mean, and I, I, I disagree. I, well, I agree with the, the Mets letting Wheeler go. He wasn't the guy he is now. He was nowhere near that guy with the Mets, and the Phillies got lucky because they paid him for the guy. He wasn't though. He, he really wasn't. The, the The Phillies got lucky because they paid him for the guy that he could be, and he, he turned out to be that guy. They saw that in him, I, and they paid him <laughs> for it. And, it, and they, the Mets could not give him that contract for what he had given them. I don't know. I. I I'm allowed to say that they could have because I was screaming for it <laughs> for right, that's, the that's entire fine. year leading up. You were one of you the, know what you I mean? were, you were one of the very few people. You were one of the very few to, people then. Because... To me, because Zach Wheeler, if you saw actually that second half of 2019, this was a guy that had come off Tommy John. It took a lot of time for him to get healthy again, and he had just figured it out. Also, his stats were worse because he had the worst defense in baseball behind him. So his ERA was a lot worse in that first half of the season because I just remember just some terrible, terrible mistakes happening behind him that led to a lot of earned runs that shouldn't have been earned runs. So Ziller looked like an ace that whole year if you're watching him up close. Didn't surprise me. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I think there was a lot of people at the time that were saying, wow, 118 for over five for Zach Wheeler. He's getting paid for what he can do, not for what he's done. And honestly, it'll be interesting to see if Noah Syndergaard and the similar market this offseason where a team might overpay to hope that he base. Um, in this series weekend, by the way, the, the games, it was 2-1, 5-3, and then 9-4 were the three game, the three scores. The, the uh, Nats take first game, the Mets take games two and three. Um, today in, in the series finale, Ryan, Three hits for the Nationals. Do you do you know who got those three hits? Uh, who combined for those? Uh, Juan Soto hit a homer. Josh yes. Bell hit a homer. Yes. And the third hit was what was Juan jo- Soto Josh on Bell. base? It was Josh Bell? It was Josh Bell? Uh, he got and, a single. Uh, Juan Soto walked twice and hit a home run, so he was one for two with two walks. Uh, Josh Bell and then everybody else goes over. Everybody else the rest of the day ends up going. Over. That's kind of weird. Although I will say this, Lane Thomas is hitting 198 with a 324 on base. 
Um, anytime he gets a hit, it's just another notch in the the Nats won the John Lester Lane Thomas trade. I mean, you got to see John Lester a few times this year. Who in God's name is trading a player, let alone a player with control, for John Lester in 2021? I honestly didn't know that they got. I thought it was like a player to be named later. I didn't even know they got like an actual player. Like I actually, I was. Look, I I always claim on the show I don't know prospects at all. I, I I was aware of his existence. I was I was like, why do I know who he is? I know he sucked at times, but like you and I have talked about this. I say to everybody, change of scenery sport, right? Change of scenery sport. And for Lane Thomas, he's come over. You know, he's, he's gotten on base. Now, golden sombrero today, 4K is not great. But I'm, I'm just saying. Um, he had a big also, series overall, though, didn't he? He was good yesterday. He good day yesterday. Uh, yeah. Josiah Gray, you're lucky you avoided him very much because the, the Mets would have sucked with Josiah Gray. I mean, he would have shut y'all out probably. Um, and it's, he is a five ball pitcher and the Mets do not take advantage of, of pitchers weaknesses. And then, uh, K bear Ruiz is coming up the catcher that they got in the, uh, Dodgers trade, the, the other guy. So big day tomorrow, Josiah gray pitching Ryan, and then K bear Ruiz catching. This is why Nats fans are happier than Mets fans right now. Just want to <laughs> let you know that, that they're, they suck, but they're a fun suck and the Mets aren't. Well, you know what it comes down to? It all just comes down to expectations. When you sell off everything at the deadline, now you're free of expectations. So, you know, you tune in because you love baseball. And, oh, wow, Juan Soto Homer today. And we get to see this kid debut. And it's just a fun night of baseball. For the Mets, you're you're still sitting here pinning to hopes that somehow you'll get back in the division while the Braves are running away with it. And every single day, that lead gets bigger and bigger in the division. And so, yeah, it kind of, for that doom spiral, we see amongst Mets fans. One more pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to built.com. Now it's now built.com. You forget that. It is built.com. They've got coconut, cherry bar, chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There is a flavor for everybody. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You guys go right now to built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 for 15% off right now at built.com. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the best place for all of your sports gaming needs. They've got their NFL Super Contest and their Eliminator Pool right now. You can join in. You've got NBA, MLB, NHL, uh, college football, boxing, whatever it is you want to bet on. They've got right now at BetOnline.ag. You can go there today, sign up. It is free on your tablet, on your iPhone, on your computer. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON for a sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I do think in general you are right, though, that Mets fans are more predisposed to just be miserable than Nationals fans are. But, you know, I, we'll, we'll see if uh, if in a couple of years the Mets can be a stable winner and maybe gets a little less pessimistic. The Mets and stable winner in the same sentence, Ryan. They got wow. money, man. They got money. Money cures got all. Money. They went to a World Series in 2015 and just like 
they went to a playoff game the next year and they just haven't heard from them since. And the only reason I heard from this year is because of the total disaster. Uh, stable winner of the Mets. Those two things did not go together. They might soon, though. They might soon. I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that the the first curse in the first year of a new era with a new owner. No, I'm not. Anyone who believes in curses is like an idiot. Just poor, poorly managed and run is the is the better terms. Um, all right, Ryan. People can't see you on on the way I'm posting this. So, how can people find you and your work? I know it's your podcast. I'm hijacking here towards the end. Uh, how yes, can yes, find they you can. And your work? They can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. They can follow Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts. Right, Why don't you then, tell my listeners where they can find you? Yeah, they're going to send me all their hate mail. Uh, you can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find me at LO underscore Nationals. Ryan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, we got five games next weekend. We'll talk again soon. Oh, oh my God, no. All right. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.